Welcome to Bootstrappers, a program designed to bring you up-to-the-minute ideas and concepts to understand what it takes to succeed in business and life. Each week, we'll bring you guests and ideas you can't find anywhere else. Bootstrappers is a production of Anaquim LLC. Now let's lace up those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Bootstrappers. I am your host, Jeremy. This is the co-host, Gwen. We're both Aspens. And, <laughs> and um, uh, so I'm the president of Wistar Group here in Omaha, Nebraska. Gwen is the president of Anaquim LLC all over the United States and Canada. Here at Bootstrappers, we talk to successful entrepreneurs, uh, thought leaders, community leaders, about what they've learned through the trials and tribulations of running organizations, running businesses, being part of businesses. And then we apply it to our industry, which is property management. Um, but it's also good for anybody in any industry. The concepts and tips that are shared here on Bootstrappers apply to anyone starting a business, working at a business, or aspiring entrepreneurs out there. So let's get hungry. Let's break a couple of things. This is Bootstrappers. Today, Okay, so today's episode is going to be about a very important part of business. You're going to have to kind of hold on. You might even want to take some notes because we get nitty gritty. Uh, but in our opinion, it really is one of the most important things that you can do to have a solid infrastructure for running a business at all. In a, later on in the show, we're going to have a, a friend of ours, John Lund. He is a traction expert. Um, and that's what we're talking about today. And, and for the most part, we're going to be talking about traction and mm -hmm. how to manage meetings. Because if you come from corporate America, certainly if you come from uh, corporate America uh, over 10 years ago, one thing you know is that meetings suck. Meetings are very, <laughs> they're, they're, they feel so useless so often. I think, especially when I was coming through business, managers just felt like they had to have meetings to, I don't know, maybe more for cultural reasons or ego or, or, or ego or dissemination of information, of, of information, not actually productive workspaces mm -hmm. to accomplish the company goals. Um, the book uh, that we, that all of this is based off is written by Gina Wickman. It's called traction. Um, but really it's the framework for getting clear about your company's mission differentiation and processes uh, in an organized way to, to strategic planning that includes yearly, quarterly, and weekly meetings, uh, even daily, which we should touch on, that gives your business uh, structure, discipline, and accountability. And I'm going to warn everybody right now that Gwen is irritating. <laughs> she's, actually, she's, not, she's, she's actually, she's really cool, but um, this subject, for whatever reason, she really likes it. I, I get, I'm going to nerd out. I'm just telling, I'm warning everybody. I'm giving you full warning. This is like my jam. Yeah, guys. this is her jam. This is, she <laughs> likes to run companies using traction. So I'm like obsessed with I it. I told you so. And actually it's great because somebody has to, I mean, I know that I didn't get, I wasn't as passionate about it, but when Gwen came into our companies and started doing traction and forcing it on us. Should I give everybody a little bit of background on it? Yeah. Okay. So, so back in the day at Wistar Group Property Management, which Jeremy runs, we would have weekly meetings with our leadership team and our leadership team, they're all part owners as well. So we would meet at this restaurant. We knew the waitress and every week and we kind of have a meeting. Like we had goals that somehow we set it up over maybe a long meeting. And then every week we'd be like, hey, Richard, what were your goals again? So how are you doing on that? Like it, it was never really organized. We're eating at the time. So we weren't writing down to-dos and we operated like that. I mean, the company was older than that, but we had that, that, uh, habit for about two years. And I remember being at the end of year two of operating that way. And I was like, did we really move our business forward? I mean, did we really get where we wanted to go in these last two years? And the answer for me personally was no. I was a little disheartened at the slow pace of growth and sophistication. So 
Um, and I was part of the problem too. I, I didn't have any organizational strategy. I didn't go to business school. I'm an environmental science major for God's sakes. So I didn't really know what I was doing. And I remember telling the maintenance manager at the time, I was like, Tom, there are no grown-ups. We're the grown-ups. Like no one's going to tell us what to do. We just have to kind of figure it out some kind of way because he was complaining that we were disorganized and that there wasn't a lot of accountability. We weren't really disciplined. And I was like, well, we have to figure this out if we're going to do it. So then it kind of started this search and I went to the business section of Barnes and Nobles and I found traction. Just, it was just one of the books that kind of um, stuck out to me and I read it and I was like, oh my God, Jeremy, I found the grown up. The grown-up is Gino Wickman, and he wrote Traction, and now we have a cat. We could, if we implement this, we could have accountability, we could have discipline, we could actually move our business forward in an in a organized way. So then I buy everybody at our company Traction. I buy like 20 copies of it, and I'm like, everybody has to read it. And Jeremy, tell everybody how many people read Traction except for me. Well, I'm almost done. <laughs> I, I almost finished it. I don't it think, was like, I, I, be honest, did you actually finish the book? I think I did. Ooh. I know that I did. I know that I did because <laughs> there's this right here, Rock Review, and I read that, and that's at the end of the book. I, I read and certainly over time I've read it because yeah. during our meetings we have to refer We have, to it. and you have maybe not read it in like a linear way, but I think you've read Probably. the whole thing over time. But, but at any rate, I just want to say any small business people out there, my new advice is that if you read a book and you love it, have zero expectations that anyone else is going to read it. If you want people to have the information in the book, it's a better bet to just give a presentation and tell them what you learned in the book or have a workshop. But I think the expectation that anybody reads anymore is, mm, is a true. little bit, hopeful. I just, it's hopeful and I don't think it's realistic. So anyway, nobody reads the book. So I get mad. I give them like three months to read it. Nobody reads it. I'm harping on it and becoming like the naggy mom at the office. And then finally, I just set up a meeting invite and I'm like, everybody's coming here. I know you didn't read the book. We're just going to do this anyway. And I just forced everybody into traction. And then um, it was amazing. It took a few meetings, but we finally got like the hang of it and people liked it. And then Jeremy, you said, I had some janky uh, spreadsheet we were using to track information. Oh, yeah. And then you got the software. We use 90. Yeah. 90.io. Yeah. And uh, that's when things real, that's when we started really moving forward with and the process. Maybe we should take advantage of this. So if you're running your company or you're part of a company and want to try to make it better and, and add some value to the organization, you might uh, be well advised to, to dip, to, to actually invest in the software because I don't it makes care which it one easier. you use. It makes it so much easier. It it has this automated functionality. I mean, you get notices and you even get to-dos. It, it becomes kind of your work center. And it also automatically makes the notes at the end of the meeting. So you don't have to have somebody be the scribe and spend an hour after the meeting like, hey, this right. is what we talked about. So it has some advantages. But if you don't mind, Jeremy, I just want to go back and just kind of in take three minutes to just kind of outline what traction does. So if you're not into traction, really what I'm advocating for in this episode is just come up with a meeting uh, strategy that ha creates a framework and discipline for your business. And you know what? I was, I was just real quick. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's necessarily only for business either. I mean, you might not use traction in some formal software to do it for athletics or for financial goals, stuff like that. But the logic holds because it really is a tool uh, that you can use. I know that Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of has the same philosophy. He was giving a speech at a graduation and it's that you have to know where you're going and so, then you break down the little pieces. So that, I was just going to go there. So here's the whole idea of traction. The first thing that you're going to do is get super crystal clear on your annual on who you are, actually, on, on who you are, what your mission, your values are of your organization, and crystal clear about the roles people have at your organization. Big so deal. the first part is just creating clarity. Then once you have clarity about who you are, what you do, 
and how you're going to do it and who's on your team, then you're going to create quarterly goals or 90 day goals. So, and those are called rocks in this particular methodology. Then once you're clear on those quarterly goals, um, so now you have, you, you know who you are, you know where you're going, then you have weekly meetings to hold everybody accountable. Did I miss anything there, Jeremy? No, um, I, but I, if you need a cheat sheet, uh, one of the things that Traction does and the software does is kind of lay it out. Yeah, and you can Google this and they have a bunch of sheets on it, but just uh, from a conceptual basis, that's what we're achieving with Traction. And that's what the adult, when I say there are adults, the way that it organized how we thought about our business was how it acted as the adult in the room. It also gives an agenda for each of the meetings so you don't waste time or energy on things that don't matter. Right. So I know that when I was coming up in business school, a lot of there, what you just said is something that we did learn. Like we did understand that if you need to have a long-term goal and you need to break it down into pieces, but what we didn't have, or at least it wasn't generally accepted or known is we didn't have an instrument, the tool that actually makes sure that there's accountability in the DNA of the company itself mm. so that every week you actually have something that is telling you what you said you were going to do and what your teammates were going to do, what they were going to accomplish by that date. And that piece, what traction for me is the most important part because every week, like you said, we have an agenda and the agenda includes what you said you would have accomplished in order to meet the next uh, the and also those it. little things that you say, because I remember when we were just having our meetings at the restaurant, we'd be like, hey, Joe, uh, did you check into that printer contract? And they'd be like, oh, shit, shoot. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I forgot. I forgot to do that. Uh, okay, this week, do it. And then we may or may not remember it. So not only are you managing the big projects that you said you would do, but you're also managing those little things that need to get done to move things forward um, in these weekly meetings. But I just want to talk also about being realistic about your goals. So here's one of the things. Mm -hmm. When you start with traction, there are two big uh, things that ha you have to do. One is you do not roll this out to your entire team until you're good at it yourself. So you're gonna roll it out maybe to you and your other business partner or you and your spouse or whoever is really in charge of the company and you're gonna do it just on your own with your small group for one or two quarters before you roll it out to your whole team because there's nothing that is more, um, it, well, and nothing worse for your leadership like the, what, how people see you as a leader is if you're like, Hey, we have this shiny new object. And then you just, yeah. And then you don't follow through on it. It makes people look bad. You secondly, secondly, you are probably going to suck at traction when you first start. For sure. So, uh, one of the main problems that Jeremy and I had when we started is we are way too ambitious about our quarterly goals. And so then we missed the, the goals or we did them because we wanted to say that we did them maybe like not a hundred percent fully. And so in order, it really does take practice for one or two quarters to get that down. But I would say that's one of the advantages because one of the things that I think kept us stuck before we started this meeting methodology was that we would get overwhelmed with all the things that our business had to do and get accomplished. And I would lie awake at night worrying about all the, the projects and everything I had to do. And what traction does is forces you in a quarter to recognize the fact and be honest that you're only going to probably fulfill one to three of your goals in 90 days. Yeah. So what are the one to three goals that each individual can do that will truly move the business forward? And by being really honest about what's possible, you will move your business faster forward faster than you would with the overwhelming amount of projects that you haven't really distilled to what has to happen. And maybe it's worth mentioning that it's, so traction is the strategic part of your business, mm -hmm. right? Um, it has nothing really to do with your daily operation. So when you're putting stuff together mm. and, and in traction, 
it really is that layer that we almost never get to. Oh, because we're so we're putting out fires all day. We're putting out fires all day long. So the reason you can only do one or three things during the course of a you know a 90-day period is because you're doing your normal work. And this <laughs> is the this is this is a layer on top of that you're forcing yourself to do, you're forcing your team to do so that you can churn out value in the operation in the future. Yeah, because you do get, everybody gets bogged down in the operation. And I have many times been like, Jeremy, I have to work this weekend because I'm not going to go to that quarterly meeting without my rock done. And I waited to the end of the yeah. quarter and I was not going to have, I wasn't going to fall flat on my face in front of the team. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, so... So if I hadn't been doing traction, there's no way I would have accomplished that goal because yeah, you nobody would have meet and you're like, no, oh. I, I wasn't, I wouldn't have Damn. worked that weekend to accomplish the goal for the meeting. If I didn't have the meeting scheduled, like we didn't, you know, like we did before. And so what ends up happening in, in our experience and, and especially like with Wistar group, what happened was we really did grow very fast at the very, be at the beginning for the first few years. And then it kind of, stalled. Mm -hmm. And so then we interjected traction into oh my the gosh, DNA and it became, and, and that's what helped us to be able to strategize more, prepare our organization to be able to take on different kinds of accounts, open up new products because we were taking on, when you first started with traction, you're probably, you'd be well advised to um, make your goals kind of the easier things. And we've talked about this on another show, but take the things that are definitely going to be a, something you can accomplish that you'll, you'll, you or your team will actually be able to gain uh, time, like save time during the course of a week so you can fill that, that new found time up with something more useful. Mm. So it becomes more of a compound interest over time. It acts very similar to compound interest because the energies that you're saving your team this first time are uh, an hour a day. And then, um, but over the course of a couple of years, you may have, you may have cut their workload their original workload down in half and backfilled it with better um well strategic oriented yeah time to do the deep thinking that moves your business forward that's what it's for and i want to just go back to those days when we started using traction and we felt like hey this is working we are moving our business forward faster than we have in a really long time since the early days of it it gave us more confidence so uh confidence in ourselves confidence in our business, our business of acumen. And when we first started Traction, I think we were in the office on Dodge and it was not a very nice office. It was like a low self-esteem office, I would say. Uh, well, I that, think it gets there. Yeah, I do think it kind of gets there. But and I want to make sure. Well, everyone needs to know that we're not endorsed. We're not paid to. Yes. We're using the word traction a lot, and it's a brand name, and it's an EOS thing. But this really is just us having a conversation about what what we the did. number one yeah. thing that transformed our business. Yeah. But back to that. So we had this office that was not very professional. Well, I would say like was fun fun it was yeah, just because it's more fun when you're getting when you're knocking you're checking off boxes i guess so it wasn't that good of an office though is my and then when we were started doing traction we were like hey we're good at business maybe we should get a nicer office and then we were like we should have better uniforms and then it just kind it of true. Yeah, created this happen. whole environment where our self-esteem was higher and we elevated our business and asked more of ourselves and our teams to be better because we thought of ourselves better. And I think that that's what organization, discipline, and accountability do. Whether you're a detail-oriented person or not, which we've got, we're gonna have to talk to John uh, about in this next segment about some of the details about what he does. Because So what we're gonna end up doing, um, we're gonna have uh, a guest, John Lund, on the show, uh, who is a traction, I think, certified trainer. And what we want to kind of get into your head is what it means. Like, what are the obstacles? Uh, why would you have a uh, an integrator? Not that's not uh, no a facilitator. A facilitator for for your meetings. Um, I I do think um, just to kind of get ready for this interview, having a facilitator, somebody that comes from outside of your company, and looks at it and watches to see what happens and can actually take care of the mechanics of the meeting so you can think and you can be more a part of the meeting is 
really important. So, but we, I've never done it that way. I mean, so I come at, I come from the bootstrappers world where I was like, I bought the 1499 book, I read it and then I implemented it. And at, at Anaquin, we've never used a facilitator. I know at Wistar Group, you yeah, all have. Yeah, we've used it. And, and I'll say, I can't imagine we won't, but that we'll ever go have another annual meeting without a facilitator because yes, it is expensive, which we'll get into with John, but it's, it, it, it's hard to explain. Like if you're a small businessman and you're trying to figure out how you're going to spend a couple thousand dollars a day for a day or two, I guess, um, man, you so, got to be convinced. But yeah, that's and that's what, where that, that's what his job is going to be for me in this next segment. Okay. Convince me why I shouldn't continue to do it the way that I've been doing it for the last four years or whatever. Joining us right now, we've got John Lund. Uh, he's a cool cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John is the president and founder of My B2B Coach and EntreSmart. And if I've mispronounced anything, John, you'll just have to correct me here in a little bit. Uh, he helps companies all over the United States with sales coaching, uh, the topic of today, uh, strategic planning and EOS facilitating. John Lund founded Offwire, which is now Brightstar in 1995. Offwire revolutionized the mobile uh, accessory world by improving the way manufacturers managed their inventory, increasing their profitability in that industry. Uh, he sold in 2014, made a mint. <laughs> uh, since, the, since then, John is focused on making uh, other founders and business leaders more successful. John Lund is known as an expert in uh, EOS, and he really is. Every time he goes somewhere to... Someone's uh, like, oh, you're doing yeah, you traction? Just, Have you talked to John, John Lund? Lund? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Has he come yes. to your business yet? Yeah. Uh, and he <laughs> consults and facilitates on traction, uh, which is uh, mostly what we're going to be talking, what we've been talking about today with uh, companies, again, all over the United States. So welcome to Bootstrappers, John. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. And by the way, it's... Uh, Entresmart because we're entrepreneurs, so it's Entresmart. Ah. So I got screwed up because in Spanish, entre means within. So I thought, oh, within smart, eh, entre smart. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's my, it's my uh, second language accent pouring out. <laughs> yeah. So, so John, we've been talking about how small companies kind of do it yourself traction. Yeah. Um, and, but there are a number of reasons why it's a better idea to get a facilitator. And so can you just outline some of the some of the reasons why people should get a facilitator instead of doing it themselves uh, sure yeah I, I experienced my own you know when I started off wire and I didn't do any traction or any kind of strategic planning it was actually prior to traction it was Vern Harnish's uh, one page strategic plan that I did oh yeah I, I self-implemented myself for about a year and uh, probably because of ego and a little bit because I like to be the guy in control with the pen and what I really found out is the person with the pen and the whiteboard tends to win. And they win and, the arguments. Uh, and so you're saying that um, when you were doing that, maybe I'm reading into this. So I Control. But, but then it didn't really give your team the opportunity to really present their ideas because you were kind of managing the whole thing. Yeah, not, and I wasn't trying to, but it's just the way it came across is that mm -hmm. I was still managing. It was still the me show. Uh, and versus the week versus the Wii show, right? right. I'm yeah. sure our teams but, personally cannot relate to that. Well, anyway, right? No way. Uh, but also, you know, one of the things when we were going through that phase of whether or not to get a facilitator, sticker shock. I mean, when you first look at you know thousands of dollars a day, right? Uh, yes. To have somebody come in and facilitate a meeting, it sounds like it can't be worth it. And really, honestly, the only thing that got me to alter my belief in it is that every successful person I knew in business did it and said it was more than worth it. So I was like, wow. So, Which probably everybody has to go through that phase. I mean, even if you're in the uh, a nascent, uh, uh, your, your company is nascent, you, you need to, I think it's more important at the beginning to get to, to spend the money to get that to be part of the DNA of the company. So tell right. us more though about the consulting process. Like give us the sales pitch. Cause I still am old school and I haven't done it. 
Jeremy. I've never been in a <laughs> consultant meeting because I I'm like John. I probably maybe I like it being the Gwen show. I don't know. You should ask my team. But uh, anyway, John, tell us why <laughs> more reasons why we should pay the money and just get a consultant. The amazing thing to me is the value I got out of it. And I don't know the team, but because I could watch and why you should have a facilitator, I believe, uh, as soon as possible. And I can talk about a different option for money too, uh, is that allows me to sit back and watch and understand my team and how they think. And when I facilitate, I always make sure the owner speaks last because if the owner leads with, I want to do, you know, path a uh, and everyone else is writing path B, but then as soon as you say a, they go with it right. and you just, you want to avoid groupthink. So I'm a big thing with mm. facilitators. I also make everyone write everything down on a notepad and then read their notepad to me. So what do you think about this? Write it down and you just have more control and you can get at more issues as a facilitator in the room, but just the privilege of being able to watch my team and how they are really thinking and where they're able to think strategically when I'm facilitating, it's hard for me to do that. I don't, I don't believe you can be both a participant and a facilitator at the same time. It's just not a good, it's a tough skill uh, to, to be that person. That so, makes sense to me. One other thing that we've cheated on in traction is the two days for strategic planning. Yeah. Do you believe that you have to do two full days for strategic planning? Uh, only if you want it about 50% better. <laughs> that's what that's what it's that's what it's worth right so, so uh, what's your yeah, year so, worth to you <laughs> yeah so it is totally like some people try to stack it into a 12-hour day um when people are rushed and they say things like in business when they go i just don't have enough time to get everything done what they mean is they don't have enough time to think and by having that two days everyone has enough time to think and mm. go through it and have better thought processes. So I totally am a believer in the two day. Now, lots of smaller businesses do one day and, and smaller teams. If you get over six or eight on a team, I highly recommend two day. Okay. If, so if three or four person team, you can get by on a one day better. Okay. So have you watched things get crazy during these strategic planning, like personal relationships or really hard things blow up or? Uh, absolutely. Uh, family ones are always fun. Mm. Uh, there's family because there's usually a lot more stuff than coming into it than just the business in okay. the family one. So I've had people cry. I've had people quit. During the meeting? During the, during during the strategic meeting. planning meeting? Yes. Wow. Um, because they were, their rocks and their, what they were supposed to be getting done, they just weren't capable of getting done. Mm. And, and they felt shame. It, and they felt shame and they didn't feel supported and that happens. It's pretty rare when something happens, but usually that's kind of like the big, you know, elephant in the room is you have a key role that's just not performing. performing. Yeah. The other issue that comes up is traction. I, you know, going back to a little bit on the investment side of it, uh, you know, facilitators run anywhere from 3,500 a day up to some top professional certified guys or 9,500 a day. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it's a real thing and it's at least four days a year, if not five days a year. Uh, so it's, it's a chunk of change. I think it's completely worth it, but you also can find business friends like currently right now in my, my B2B coach, it's a pretty small company and I don't want to pay a facilitator per se, but I want to facilitate it. So I'm actually trading my skills with another business owner and mm -hmm. we are flipping those out. So I do his traction. He does my traction. And even though I have a small team, it's way better for me to be able to watch my couple of teammates. And so that this, doesn't actually cost me money. Oh, I like that idea. I've never thought of that before. Me neither. And so it makes me think, would it behoove somebody like, okay, so me or Gwen who have, um, we've facilitated our own meetings, of course, to some extent. We've seen other facilitators in action. Would it be useful for us to go and extend that knowledge, the, you know, the um, informal version that we contain and try to um, facilitate some of our friends' businesses? Sure. Is there value I, so. in that? I, mean, I, would, I would highly recommend that you go onto the EOS website and at least get the uh, uh, Basecamp subscription. So I think it's 500 a month now or 600 a month. And you can watch all the videos in advance and take, you know, it's going to take you, eight hours of meeting of prep to do the meeting. But right. if you can watch Gino Wickman or his team do it, you'll be better off facilitating somebody else's by watching a serious pro do it online and go through all the trainings and all the tips and techniques. That's so, a huge uh, 
Yeah, that, that's a huge tip. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, the certified and professional guys are all, you know, they're better. They handle better situations. There's more risk in using a, you know, don't use a really close friend. Just find somebody else that's a good are business they, partner, right? Are uh, the $9,500 guys, are they usually doing uh, companies, uh, you know, 50 million revenue a year plus, or is there any connection there? Yeah, typically it's a bigger yeah, I've, below five million people are using five thousand and below guys usually, mm-hmm. and then above that the ninety-five. But they go into the uh, definitely fifty million, a hundred million. So plus. you're starting uh, with a client, let's say. Um, when is there any consistent mistakes that you see, no matter what, or mostly when you go into these other companies? That, like that, you that, can that almost companies- guarantee that you're going to have this problem. Uh, clarity for sure. Like I, I call it winning. It's a little different than traction, but I always say, what do the winning numbers look like? And a lot of people have very generic numbers or outcomes or whatever. They're not specific, right? They're very like, we're going to have better customer service. Mm. I, I, don't know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Versus we're going to move our net promoter score from 70 to 75. That's okay. much more specific. So I see that problem a lot. I see them bringing in tactical thinking people early often. So they want to bring in their long-term employees because they feel loyal to them, but they're very tactical doers. And it, therefore it actually stifles two things happen. One, if you talk about, Hey, we're thinking about pivoting and trying something new and you're just in a brainstorming mode, they might be like, Oh my gosh, that might affect my role. And they just drift off for 30 minutes because mm. they can't elevate and think above the, so you're saying that in these strategic planning meetings, you need to be very careful who you invite. Yes. Because they could really derail the creative process. Derail the creative process. They can, yeah, they can take it emotionally versus strategically. Also, I've watched a lot of people start with eight and within three meetings, they're down to five. And oh, by the way, now they've had to tell three people you're not important enough to be on the strategic planning team. I'd rather uh, have you start with less and realize, nope, we do need the blank manager. We do need that. We need that input, but start with less people mm. and grow so it. bring people in as you need them. So maybe, do you ever find that you don't want the whole team there for the, for the full two days and maybe they bring people in for certain segments of the discussion? I only have one client that does that. They do a one day with the strategic team. And I did this when I had a facilitator out of St. Louis running mine. Uh, we had a strategic team and then we had a uh, leadership team, we called it. So the ex- there was only four of us for the first day and then 12 total people for the next, the next day. And that worked out pretty well. It's not an EOS true way of doing it. You'd have the same people at every meeting. So, so at your strategic planning meetings, um, do you ever do what, what are the best openers? Like I, I know Jeremy and I have done the, what is this? Everyone goes around the room and tells one person what their strengths and weaknesses are, which is, can be a little <laughs> bit stressful. Oh, yeah. yes. Do you have a specific opener that you find is really good at getting people to get their head in the game and start thinking the right way? And how often is it that people call the boss a dick? Like they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, that's, that's actually the two, the two different questions there. Yeah. Uh, so one thing is uh, going to the, your part there, Jamie, the uh, traction you have to commit to and make sure you're doing at least four or five meetings. Cause actually the, the traction doesn't start. You'll, you'll feel improvements right away, but not really traction. Right. Now you need three meeting four, meeting five is when traction hits, but it's also where I tell people right up front, someone in this room, probably the spotlight's going to start to shine on them and not in a positive way. And often it's the owner. Oh, okay. Because yes. the owner, and that's when people quit traction is when the owner is not holding himself accountable or herself accountable, not following through or changing directions constantly. We need to touch on that yes. up because that's a big deal. Changing directions all the time. You all the time. Stick to it. Yeah, you got to stick to your 90 day and that's why it's 90 days. You can, should have, be able to have good vision. You should be able to predict 90 days out pretty well. Uh, if you can't do that, you might be squirreling around, right? Like squirrel, mm. you got to mm. run. And when it becomes the owner and I as a facilitator, my role is to step into the danger 
It's like, hey, that's on you, yeah. <laughs> right? That's not your team. That's that's you. You decided to change directions. How do you expect them? I tell a story about vision when we set up the 10-year visions. Like if I had told everyone in the room to close their eyes and say, you know, what is, where are we going on a beach vacation in five years? That's going to be amazing. One of you might be thinking Spain. One of you might be thinking California. And somebody else in the room might be thinking Florida. We all need to align on that we're going to California and we're driving and we're going down I-80. And then the detailed people can figure out what hotels we're staying at. Okay. And they know that Ogallala is the first, they know Ogallala is the first stop. They know, you know, Salt Lake City is the second stop. Now we have a vision. And if you as the owner start taking them to Florida, they should be able to be confident enough and say, help me, help me understand how this gets us to the California beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right? that's, that's what they need because they're not going to challenge you, but they can say, help me understand how is this getting us to California? We are in Des Moines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's such a great, that's a fun way of putting it too. I, um, okay. So I know we're running out of time and, but see when, when people are not in their seat, like you can identify when somebody isn't in the right seat, what's the friction that comes from that? Or, or what is it that a smaller business can do to kind of transition from that phase to the phase where they can put somebody in a certain seat or, or is it oftentimes just that you got to get rid of them? at that moment? Uh, depends where you are in life. The biggest thing I can do for people uh, is the, uh, there's the uh, love great at and the like, the delegate and elevate exercise and traction. So that shows you where people are not liking stuff. We all get stuck in things that we're good at and don't like uh, there. The other one I really like though is an accountability chart and a functional one, no people's names on it. Just all the roles, like currently in both of your roles, you both are probably in five, six, seven, eight, nine different roles in your business. So if it's a 20 person company, build out the 60 person or 60 role accountability mm -hmm. chart. People will paint the picture. I'm in these five right now. When you're a one person, you're taking out the garbage and you know, running the business. Then you say, hey, as we grow, where do you, which roles do you wanna relinquish because you don't like them and which one do you wanna mm. do more of? And if you have that visual for everyone, now they understand, yeah, I don't like this. And they might say, I am actually bad at this. And they'll step themselves out of that role. Oh my God, I love that. That's a great piece of information. Okay, John, so where, if people want help with their businesses, where do they reach you? So the best one is john at myb2bcoach.com. And so, it's John with an H, J-O-H-N. Yeah, John, J-O-H-N at com. Love to help. I love facilitating. There's some other places I facilitate too, both sales strategy, and then also all company meetings are great to facilitate. And I will say, yeah. everybody I know in business brings up your name. So <laughs> I, I am happy to uh, put yes, that out there. Absolutely. And so that was an interesting conversation oh my with gosh. John. I think that he did convince me that maybe at our next meeting, I should have a facilitator. I, I'm worried that it has baby Ben the Gwen show <gasps> at some of the other meetings. Now I feel really bad. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, self-centric. You mean you feel like you're <laughs> self-centered and cocky? Huh. Um, so I, you know what, for anybody, anybody here in Omaha, that is not the John Lund in the real estate world. That's a different John Lund. I always... Yeah, people get confused because in there are two there are two John Lunds in Omaha. So, um, but at, at any rate, um, so many good nuggets there, right? Yeah, lots of. I mean, I've got uh, some takeaways that. Yeah, I mean, just I guess I don't need to get into those. You guys just heard the interview, but that was uh, the conversation we were having with John Lund of B two B. Why did you God, do that to dang, me? I don't remember. Um, it's a, it's we a, got it. Any, uh, we'll put it down here now that we got it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so, so I want to, what we need to do is let's get into some of the specifics about what a good meeting is. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So do you care if I run through that really Tear quick and then just chime in on important points on each one. So a good meeting it, through, through the traction matrix, if you will, the first thing that we start with is good news. So everybody goes around and says, whatever good news. It can be personal. It can be professional. But one thing is everybody gets one. Okay. So we've had new people come on the team and they're like, and then this, and then that. And we're like, this is like five minutes of a meeting. So right. wrap it up. 
So good news for five minutes and everyone gets one. Personal or business. Whatever. Yep. And then we go through the scorecard. So those are the key performance indicators that let you know if your business is running smoothly. Now, a few points on this. So your executive team is going to focus on high level numbers, but as you roll this down to more operational teams. So in our industry, let's just say you have customer service has their own traction meeting and then maintenance has their traction meeting and then finance has their traction meeting. You want everybody in an operational role to be responsible for a KPI. So maybe it's talk time, maybe it's service issues closed, maybe it's uh, accounts receivable numbers, whatever it is, but everybody needs to have a metric that they are responsible for. And it's like demonstrating whether they're winning or losing. And what's important about this is that you're talking about this number every single week. Mm -hmm. There's another layer of KPIs though that is, that is monthly, mm -hmm. but you also have to have a discussion every month about whether or not you met uh, those goals. And so another thing to mention about traction is that we don't, no chitter chatter while you're going through. So you go through the good news and you go through the scorecard and let's say you're like, hey, I really hate that number for accounts receivable. That is not the moment to talk about it. You say, okay, I wanna, I, we call it idea, well, IDS. We're gonna discuss that later. And you move accounts receivable to the end of the meeting for the discussion part. So it's just going through the metrics and identifying what you want to talk about later in the meeting so that the meeting doesn't get bogged down. That's an important component. Okay, next thing. Uh, what I, I want to do this, um, after this show, I want to do a bonus program for property management industry because I'm going to tell you exactly what it is that we at Wistar Group use in our uh, weekly and monthly numbers. I, I don't for think, the executive team only. For the executive team. I don't think yeah. we need to put that on the radio for everybody. Right, yeah. But for property management, let's so Go to our YouTube channel, anaquim.net, for that bonus segment. And let me give an example, though, just real quick about what the difference between a weekly and a, and a monthly KPI would be. Um, something that you can track on a, on a weekly basis would be how much billing you've done during that week. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something you want to keep track of so you can make your monthly numbers now, but you probably can't do a, you probably have to do your, we do a direct labor, um, DLER. And that's something that you already have to have aggregated the labor cost for the entire month. So that would be an example of a monthly. Okay. He'll get into that. I'll more. Get into that later. Yeah. Um, okay. So after good news, then we do the scorecard, which is the key performance indicators. Then we go through the quarterly rocks. So everybody on every team has between one and three quarterly goals that are above and beyond their operational tasks. So these are things that move the business forward. And just a few points on rocks. You cannot change your goal or your rock in the middle of a quarter. Which is what John was alluding to earlier. He, he didn't did. use the word rock, but it's that. If you have 90 days is it's a short enough time frame that you better be able to think that far ahead. Like pick them right. And, and the thing is, is you spent two days or a day, say if it's a quarterly meeting, you spent a whole day being strategic about this particular goal and you chose it wisely. So when you move it around in the middle of the quarter, it's definitely a shiny object syndrome and it is, yeah. it's not thought through. Right. So barring, uh, you know, March in 2020 when a pandemic hit, I think maybe we did change some of our rocks at that moment. Barring a pandemic that happens every hundred years, keep your same goals for the whole quarter. Um, okay. So, and then rocks, you just say, uh, on track, off track. And then if someone's is off track or there needs to be more discussion, you leave it to the end of the meeting. Then for the issues area. For, yeah. And we'll get to that, but then you do headlines. So headlines are customer and employee discussion items. So it's like customer A was really upset with customer service because they didn't call them back would be an example. Or John is doing an awesome job asking for online reviews. I can't even believe it. He got five this week. So it's just headlines about your organization. Then you do to-dos. To-dos are described or defined as anything that you can do in one to two weeks. So rocks are typically take 90 days to complete or they're larger projects. To-dos take one or two weeks to complete. So for any little to-do, this is a tip. Like let's say it's get printer car cartridges for the office or something like that. For a little to-do, the due date for that is going to be the next meeting that you will have with that person. 
when they're actually going to be accountable for it. So they might finish it the same day as your traction meeting, but you're going to hold them accountable at the next meeting for those to-dos. Um, and then once you're finished with all that, and it should go pretty quickly, that's when all the items that you chose to discuss throughout going through those items, that's, this is the discussion time period of the rest of the meeting. And the meeting goes for an hour and a half, and it, is, oh, it starts on time and it ends on time. And that just creates more discipline in your organization. Um, but this is the time where you hash it out. So you take the items that you wanted to talk about that came up in the meeting earlier, so yeah, and me you, you rank them so that you hit the top ones first or the ones that you can knock out really quickly. And just to clarify this issues area, when you are going through um, those, all those other areas, whether it's the headlines or it's the KPIs or it's the rocks, when you identify that there is an issue, and that is, I think, loosely, you could loosely interpret, interpret that as a problem. You bring, you, you identify that as an IDS, an issue, and you have a discussion about that. And, and importantly, when there, if there's a problem, you can't sit on it, right? So often, uh, there might be a, a weird dynamic between two of the employees. And if there's a weird dynamic between two of the employees and they're not working on it, um, it's, gonna, it's going to manifest itself as a much bigger problem than it otherwise has to be. So, I mean, I could be a third party between these two and say, look, I, I kind of get the impression you guys are pissed at each other. You don't like each other anymore. Like, what's going on? That counts. Um, it, it could be... Anything that, that is an impediment to the company getting to meet its objectives. Mm -hmm. And I will say, uh, like we live in Nebraska, we're Nebraska nice. And a lot of the times people from the Midwest don't want to talk about the hard things. Well, and I would say a lot of our employees in Mexico too. And That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. There are lots of cultures where you just want to and people, personality types, where you just want to avoid the elephant in the room. And let me tell you, if you're going to do traction, you can do it perfectly and your business could still be running to the ground if you're not really addressing the true problems in your business at these meetings in the, uh, the issue, discuss, solve section of the meeting. Yeah, it could be something like, uh, well, we only build 70% of our weekly goal for maintenance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can have a discussion about that. What happened? Somebody was on vacation. You get to the bottom of it, but you, you solve the problem. So it's identify. This is what IDS is. Identify, discuss, and solve. You have to do all three of those for each of those items. And you identify the problem. Okay. You already did that coming into the meeting. You discuss it. And you make sure that that discussion churns out a solution. And that's where I think the secret to traction is because you're identifying issues that are getting in the way of the long-term objectives and you're settling them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's absolutely true. Um, and so the, then the end of the meeting is you have everybody score the meeting. Now, Jeremy, after talking to John, I think it's important that you and I don't score the meeting first. First, I don't. I you don't. don't? Never. You never told me that I shouldn't do that. that I thought you were smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed. I, I should mean, not do that. This meeting was a 10. Everyone else is going to be like, a 10. Exactly. Actually, yeah. we never give any meetings a 10 because then there's no room for growth. I never, ever, ever, ever. Go I've first. never done. Oh, okay. I've never, ever once gone first for that same reason. That's why when I heard John say that, I thought, oh my God, I'm smart. <laughs> wow, this is, this is easy. Okay, I want to talk about another crazy important part of traction, if it's okay. With yeah, you. it's, yeah. Okay, the accountability chart. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, so, oh my God, how transformative has really using the accountability chart? And I just want to give another shout out to the 90 software because. And for me, I, we used to make them in like, what was that software? We'd make like little boxes and put people's name in them. And it was really clunky, our accountability chart. It was always old. It was always off. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to talk bad about Lucid chart, but it was a... It, it was a Lucid chart, but yeah. we just weren't, we weren't good at updating it. And well, because it wasn't part of a process to update it. Yeah. Yeah. So now the accountability chart is in the software that we use to manage traction at our company. And so when people 
leave or move or transition, it's it's in the procedure for an internal hire that like put them in the accountability chart. And we always keep it up to date. And here's the thing, working with lots of small companies, it's amazing how many people don't know who their manager is. Yeah. I mean, it seems like obvious, but it's really not. If you work at a small company, you could be getting directions from two different people and one person manages one of your projects and every someone else manages the rest of it. And so getting real clarity on who works for who and what their key performance indicators that they're responsible for and what processes they're responsible for is huge. And then if someone quits on you last minute and you have to pivot, you know exactly what they did to move the responsibility to someone who's still there before you fill the position. So and that prevents a lot of drama when people quit. The macro logic and what I like about this um, approach is that you do not have a traditional org chart where you have John Doe reporting to Jane Doe and then to John Doe, you've got six employees by name. It's they get rid of the names. Instead, mm -hmm. you have a position in the company, what is referred to as a seat. Um, and so that seat has certain responsibilities. And what's nice about knowing what the responsibilities are for your long-term goal of having an efficient company is that there, that position, that seat has things that need to get done that you can measure. Um, as opposed to, well, anyway, the it's seat, awesome. It, it's awesome, <laughs> but the seat is also, and this refers to kind of to what John was talking about in our conversation. And it's that it, when you're a small company, you don't have, you might be sitting, I might be sitting in three, four, five, six different seats, but you still need to identify what that position is supposed mm -hmm. to do and what it is that you need to hold yourself accountable to accomplish. Yeah. And we have empty seats. Like we'll, right. we'll have, for instance, maybe we have an HR director role that hasn't been filled yet. It's still on the chart. And then we just put like the person who's above that in that role. Yeah, exactly. So real quick, I can show you in hours, I think. Right. You're not, maybe by, I can't. No, okay, we'll, so, we'll do that later. Yeah. It, it suffice to say that you can put more than one person, you can put a person in more than one seat and it yeah. works just fine. Yeah. All right. So um, I, I want to remind anybody that's listening um, that's related to uh, or cares about the property management industry in uh, below on the link. If you're watching it on YouTube, we're gonna, I'm going to do a little bonus uh, segment about the KPIs. Um, but until next week, I'm Jeremy Aspen. This is Gwen Aspen. This is Bootstrappers. Thanks for joining us this week. This has been Bootstrappers, a unique presentation designed to help you better understand how the world turns. Contact Gwen or Jeremy at posts at bootstrappers.club or visit our website, anaquim.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. Thank you and join us next time for Bootstrappers.